What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Can we get some more of Stack Franklin Saint impressions? Drive, motherfucker! Yo, that's what really got, when you did that shit, I didn't know what the fuck you was talking about. We, that was a Jaden Brown episode, I think. When I went back and watched it, he said Sammy Jackson, I was, <laughs> I was dying laughing, bro. Nigga, <laughs> so who's that, Sammy Jackson? Another Monday, another episode of What's Burning. Jack, this is what's hot on the wire right now. Uh, Kyrie made a post this weekend that went viral about Kobe being the new logo. And the caption, and I quote, gotta happen. I don't care what anyone says. Black Kings built the league. Jack, should the NBA change the logo? No question, man. I mean, especially after Jerry West said they should as well. I mean, everybody knows Jerry West is somebody that we all adore and admire. I told you about a story about how he knew who I was, and I was excited the fact that Jerry West knew who I was and he watched me play. Jerry West is mm -hmm. somebody that we'll never forget. But in this day and time, and when we're talking about best players in the game, you talking about Kobe Bryant. You're talking this generation's Michael Jordan is Kobe Bryant. You know, and even to guys like us who played against him, we feel like he should get this honor. So, you know, even even more that he's not here no, here no more, it makes more sense to do it. But uh, just off his work and, as, and off his play by the players today saying that it needs to be done, I think you need to listen to the players. Yeah, I definitely think they should take a look at it. Um, the Jerry West logo came about the first season was 1970, so it's been 50 years. You know, Jerry spoke on it. You'll get pushback, um, you know, because I posted it and people were going back and forth in the comments. I was looking at some of the comments. You know, you get a lot of pushback that it should be MJ. And, I mean, you can't argue that it could be MJ if they're going to change it. But at the end of the day, you know, it, Jerry West wasn't the best player. He just happened to be the logo. He was a great player, don't get me wrong. So it doesn't necessarily have to go to, well, MJ is the greatest player of all time. And, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing with that. I think at the end of the day, you know, Kobe exemplified what the NBA is supposed to be. 20 years on, on the greatest team, you know, the greatest franchise in the history of the game. 
you know, good times, bad times, in between, a consummate professional, uh, you know, someone who left it all on the court, literally, and did everything he could, won five championships. But like I said, I think the fact that he was there, one team the whole entire time, and it just happened to be the Lakers, um, I think Kobe speaks right to what the NBA is about and what it stands for. So I think it would be dope if they're going to change it, um, that it would be Kobe. Um, and obviously with him, you know, a fallen star too soon, it even adds more importance to it. So it's definitely something that uh, the league should take a look at. I love that Kyrie brought it up. I love that people are talking about it. Um, we'll have to see if it gets done. But on, and on another note too, Matt, Mamba mentality. Mm -hmm. Having Kobe on that ball, all you players need to be approaching the game like that. Nobody approached the game with more passion, with more will, with, with more will to win and, and 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 love for the game than Kobe Bryant. And if you wake and if you walk uh, walking on that court and you see him on that basketball, you have to approach the game the same way he approached the game. I don't walk out there. Yeah, I mean, I think at the at the end of the day, you know, Jerry is is for it too. You know, Jerry is for the logo being changed, and he's good with that. So. We will have to see what happens. Jack, something else that came across the wire that I thought was very interesting was uh, Jeremy Lin, former Golden State Warrior, um, busted our ass when I played for the Lakers during Lin's sanity with the Knicks, uh, came out and said in a G League game, or he has been called the coronavirus. And when I initially thought about it, I'm just like, yo, people are really crazy with the shit that comes out of their mouth um, and he also goes on saying you know that asian americans have been discriminated asian hate crimes are definitely on the rise you see just random stuff across the country people just doing dumb shit um maybe a handful of months ago they were doing it to the mexican street vendors um out here in la and around the way it's just another dumb wave that ignorant people are on right now but what were your thoughts jack um on this you know jeremy was adamant about saying, you know, he, he has experienced a lot of racism. A lot of Asian Americans experience racism. Um, it, it's just, it's just crazy because we say minorities and we really do mean minorities because, you know, all of us face it some way or another. And I don't know if I see a, a real end to it. Yeah, it's, it's tough, Matt, because it's so you realize how much hate it is in this world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I guarantee if those same people had a uh, chance to just sit down and talk to them and get to hang with them, they probably wouldn't feel that way. Right. Um, and then, you know what? The, the I blame this on the, on the news outlets because the news outlets and, and then when the president say stuff like, when the ex-president say stuff like that, and they play it all over the world, people think right. it's a joke. People think it's right. funny. They, they, don't, they don't think they're insulting people. You know what I mean? And and what, like I said, man, you know how I stand. Love for all who have love for all. Mm -hmm. I know that Jeremy Lin, from from being around him and playing against him, I know the type of person he is. You know what I mean? Solid and, dude. Uh, solid dude. A solid, solid dude, mm -hmm. man. Very solid. Not a racist bone in his body. So mm -hmm. I, can feel, I, I can feel where he's coming from because that's the same thing I be saying every day with half the stuff that I get on my phone from people in my DMs. You know what I mean? So I feel it, man, and, and and there's more people. So I I I'm the type of person that I'm willing to say that I'm ready. I'm willing to stand on side of Jeremy Lin to knock this bullshit down and get it out the way. So I I support him, man, and 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 I can feel his pain, and I know so can you. Absolutely, no. I mean, I completely understand where he's coming from. I feel it. I think you brought up a great point about the former president because it was almost played up to be a joke. 
You know what I mean? To, to the way he would blatantly shout out racist things. And, 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 and it really kind of shows what kind of world we're in still because so many people still follow him. You know, he did a, he, he mm -hmm. talked last night in Orlando and it, it, it's the same old rhetoric, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's disheartening to see from a standpoint, like if you mess with Trump at this point, it's just, you really just have, I don't even know what to say. You know what I mean? Like, is it hate in your heart or, because to see the shit that he has condoned and said and it's happened around him and to still have this much support, it just shows like how far we are from having true unity and love across the country. And, and I'll take it's, it. There's so many people dying inside, Matt, that we don't even know. Man. You know, they hate themselves. Man. That's all that is. Right. And like you said, too, if you sat down and had a conversation, most people that hate other people, most people that hate black people, Mexican, Asians, you name it, they can't give you a real reason. They right. have no real reason. Like, if you sat down and talked to the person, you would be fine with them. I guarantee that. But like I said, it's just something that's inbred. It, it, it's taught at a young age. And sometimes some people think it's cool just to hate. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying hate comes in all shapes, colors, and forms. You know, there's right. racist, there's racist black people. You know, there's yes, race, sir. there's hate in every single ethnicity. So it's not like we're stereotyping white people or Mexican, Asians, you name it. It's just across the board. And it's unfortunate because, like you said, it starts within. And, and, and to hate, you have to be unhappy with something inside of you. You know what I mean? Because yep. hate is such a heavy burden to carry. So, you know, praying for Jeremy Lin, um, you know, but this happens all too often. You know what I mean? we've I've been dealing with this my entire life. You've been dealing with it. Like I said, ever since you kind of took the front lines, I, I remember you telling me how much, how many death threats and nigga this and nigga that's in your thing and, and saying with me. And so it's just, it, it's just the world we live in, which is unfortunate. We've almost come immune, become immune to it. But, um, you know, we just got to pray some, someday something changes. Another interesting thing that happened recently was the Atlanta Dream were sold to an ownership group that had former player Renee Montgomery as a part of it. Jack, we both just did our podcast. Really cool, down-to-earth uh, chick. Had a great time on the podcast. Um, I've, as you know, uh, Kelly Loeffler had to sell. I don't know if she had to sell. Actually, I don't want to say had to sell. Um, they decided to have her sell it after all the shit she was doing uh, leading up to the presidential race and, and, and really showing her true colors. Um, her team, you know, stood against her. The whole WNBA stood against her. And I think it's a beautiful thing that they were able to get her out and not only able to sell the team, but have a former player, a former a black player at that mm -hmm. be a part of ownership. What are your thoughts on uh, what happened to the Atlanta Dream? I, uh, Renee is a female version of us. She gonna say what she mean. She gonna yep. she gonna stand on on her morals, and and everything that she was taught growing up. And uh, she's not bending for anything. That's what I love about her. And not only that, she was she's a great basketball player as well. Right. Um, right. But but doing her show and and just being able to conversate with her and know more about her. Like I say, she's just like us, man. And she's somebody that I that I stand behind any day. Uh, I, she she's definitely a, a leader in our community and our culture, man. And I think. Um, she needs to get her flowers now because she's doing she's what she's doing is monumental and she's uh, making a lot of way for a lot of young women to see different things and, and be in Absolutely. different positions. So for her to have the courage to not only become one of the best WNBA, WNBA players, but now to be an owner, I think it speaks volumes of what she's doing and I salute her. 
Absolutely. Owner, activist, uh, former player, more than basketball. And that brings me to LeBron because she said, you know, when she heard LeBron say, he, you know, a group needs to get together and buy the team, that kind of inspired her. So I'm not sure if, if LeBron is a part of it. I don't think he is because we probably would have heard it. But LeBron definitely inspired people to, to, to you know, get the ball rolling with these ideas. And that's all we need is the idea. And, and, and now more than ever, we're able to execute. So I think it's a huge, man, hat off. Congratulations. Um, it's dope. And we're looking forward to more people uh, being a part of processes like this for professional teams because, you know, we complain across the board about opportunities for minorities, particular African-Americans to be coaches. You know, normally we're just the talent, but to become coaches. But this is taken it to another level because I feel you need representation at the top. You need mm -hmm. representation and management. And then all that will trickle down to head coaching and, and other positions uh, on that bench. So great job. And uh, man, going to definitely be tuning into the team this year. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. 
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The week ahead, uh, Jack, let's get back to basketball. Wednesday, we got a big matchup, Utah versus Philly. Both of them are re- leading their respective conferences. Uh, the Embiid and Gobert matchup is something I always look forward to. Embiid was a late-game scratch. But looking at the numbers, Embiid's numbers are significantly down against Utah. So uh, this is going to be a good matchup because those, you know, two, two of the best at what they do on both sides of the ball. Also, another interesting uh, matchup is Simmons and Mitchell. You know, they had a, a, a heated rookie of the year situation in 2018 because uh, I guess Ben was a redshirt rookie and Donovan Mitchell had the shirts that said this and said that. Uh, last game, Simmons was huge against Utah. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the two teams that are leading the Eastern and Western conferences squaring up on Wednesday? Uh, I love it. I think uh, right now, Embiid is at the halfway of the season. Embiid is my MV- MVP. Uh, with KD, with KD missing so many games, I had KD, but M- uh, Embiid is my MVP. The way he's been playing, he's been playing unstoppable uh, on both ends of the floor, and just some of the moves he's been making. Man, I seen him another mm. day go between mm. the legs and step back, double step back, jump. Like that, oh hard my that hard God. shit, and he's seven feet two eighty. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I was looking at that like, come on, man, man. come on. I never seen a big man do the stuff he's doing. You know, I, oh, I seen man. Boogie, I seen Boogie do a lot of stuff with the ball, but this is just different, man. He's, and, he's more fluid with the handle than Boogie was. Boogie probably is a better shooter overall than Embiid, I would think, in his day. But Embiid is more fluid with the handle. He's really like a seven footer out there with the ball and the string. It's crazy. Everything is smooth. You're exactly right, bro. But he just, I, I really see him dominating this game. I just think the way he's been playing. Uh, I really, I think he's gonna go out there and make a statement. Utah is one of the best teams in the league right now. They're playing one, of, playing like one of the best teams in the league as well. And I think he's gonna go out and really make a statement this game. And um, I don't really think it's gonna be about Ben Simmons and Mitchell too much. I think it's gonna be about Embiid dominating and uh, go really going at Gobert this game. Jack, I think it's interesting you say you don't think it'll be about Mitchell because I agree. I think Utah's strength is in their numbers. They're deep. Mm-hmm. They're a great three shoot, three point shooting team. But an interesting stat that came up, and sometimes these can be misleading, but there's a difference between two, two and a half shots from when Mitchell shoots just under 20 shots a game. The team is 15 and one. Mm-hmm. And when, when in, in, their, in their losses, he's shooting nearly 22, 23 shots a game. You know, so like I said, I think it's, it speaks to your point. Their strength is in their numbers and the way they can move the ball and make you pay from several different people. One thing that I thought was interesting, Jack, is the lack of quality wins the Sixers have really had. They're uh, mm-hmm. one in five versus Western Conference teams in the playoff race and three and five overall against teams above 500. You know, granted, it's tough to say because that East is, is crazy right now. Everyone's just barely over 500, really, and there's some quality teams out there. But overall, kind of looking at that, that's that that alarms me from a standpoint of, you know, you're not really playing the best that the team, ha- you know, the league has to offer. And when you are playing the best the league has to offer, you're one in five. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about their lack of, lack of success over big teams? You know, I'm I'm not really worried about that, you know, because I, I'm looking at Brooklyn, and Brooklyn hasn't had their full team yet. And if you look at the landscape 
Uh, Philadelphia, they haven't either. Curry's been out. Harris has been out. Embiid has been out. They're still trying to find their identity. And look, they're still at the top of the East right now. So you got to take your hats off to Doc right. Rivers uh, from, from keeping this puzzle together with having guys in and out and still being able to be at the top of the East right now. But I think when it all said and done, when everybody's healthy and come together, this team going to be a team to look out for. Who do you, if you were to look ahead, who would be your Eastern Conference matchup up to this point? Right Eastern now, would be fi- Eastern Conference Finals. Right now, it would be Philly and Brooklyn. Mm. Do you think Do you think Brooklyn has enough to stop MB? Because you know he'll be a key factor in that series. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and that that would be that would be the interesting side of it. They won't be able to stop Harden, Jan, uh, Kyrie, and Durant. But you know, will 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 they be able to stop Embiid and his dominance in the paint? That's going to be the question. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to. I mean, we're obviously looking ahead. We're almost at the halfway point, but you know, there's two teams to me that are at at the top of the East right now with Boston struggles of late. Toronto's kind of getting hot. Miami's getting hot, but I definitely think those two teams are the best teams in the East. That boy's red cupping it early in the day, huh? You said it's happy hour somewhere in this motherfucker. Oh no, you know I don't drink. That's just juice. Only wine. <laughs> Only wine. Continuing the week ahead, uh, we got the Celtics Raptors playoff rematch from last year. Teams go in two different directions. Uh, of late, the Raptors are hot after their two and eight start. They've turned it around uh, since the end of January. They're ten and five. Defense rating picked up. Offense has picked up. Celtics, on the other hand, you know they got a good win last night, but they've been struggling of late. Both these teams are seventeen and seventeen, along with Miami. Jack, what are your thoughts about these two teams and the dire- the direction? They are heading in. Man, they're basically in the same spot. Both these teams need to get it together. I mean, you can't really make excuses of guys not being in there and, and you know, having uh, mixed up lineups and stuff like that, having guys have to substitute in. You got to be ready to play. And I think both of these teams need to use this game against each other to turn their season around, to get it going in the right direction. Both these teams were championship teams last year. Now these teams both look like they could possibly miss the playoffs. So, there's somebody got to turn it around, and when you have when you don't have a, when you have your leader out or your or your vocal guy out, somebody has to step up. I also think they underestimate Smart's uh, importance to this team. Um, not only his leadership, but his ability to take pressure off Tatum and Brown by guarding the best wing score most of the time. I'm gonna read some numbers before Mar- uh, why Marcus is on the court and while he's injured. Uh, Tatum, while Marcus Smart is playing, is at nearly 27 points a game and nearly 44% from the three-point line. During his injury, he's at 24 points a game and only 31% from the three-point line. <clears throat> Jalen Brown, while Marcus Smart is on the court, at 27 points a game and 44% from the three. And while he's injured, 22 points a game and 30% from the three. So like I said, it's little numbers and things like that that people don't, realize of the importance of Marcus Smart. Like I said, his leadership, he's the leader of that team and, and everyone has said it, but it's the stuff he does that doesn't get the statistics that really helps. Like similar to what Clay does when he's healthy for Steph. You know, Clay's always taking that 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 big time matchup, allowing Steph to really save his legs. So I think they'll be fine uh, post-All-Star break once Marcus Smart returns. Um, but it's, to me, it's going to be a fun race because the East is literally wide open. Only a handful. Of, if, if any team goes on a five-game winning streak and they're anywhere near the bottom, <laughs> they can end up at the top of the Eastern Conference. So this is going to be All a right. fun run down the stretch. Fan questions are here. We appreciate the questions every week uh, from you guys. Jack, I'm going to get it started from uh, Sincerely20. Do you believe the Lakers need to make a move before the deadline, or is this team good enough to defend the title? Uh, they're good enough to defend the title. They just need AD back. They put they put all those pieces to the puzzle 
with that with AD and Braun on the court in mind, you know, not with AD out. So uh, without AD, none of this works. So they they plan on having a, a healthy team, you know, um, barring more injury towards coming towards the end of the season, towards the playoffs. So uh, I don't think they need to make any moves. I think they're fine. They just got to get healthy. See, I, I think they're good enough to win the title, but I think it'll be much easier if they're able to pick up a, an athletic big, whether it be like a JaVale mm. McGee or an Andre Drummond, someone that can really move around because I think those are two guys from last year they missed in, in Dwight Howard and, and, and JaVale McGee, although Marc Gasol is a great position defensive player. He clogs up the paint. He's just not athletic, and he's not out here grabbing rebounds like those guys were able to grab rebounds and keep plays alive and catch lobs. So I agree. I still think they have enough to defend for the title, but I think their job would be a lot easier if they were able to pick up an active big. At McFly underscore the guy 11. Barring injuries, what player has a better career, Grant Hill or Brandon Roy? Ooh, ooh, ooh. First and foremost, although I think Brandon Roy would have been great, Grant Hill would have been one of the greatest players of all time if he didn't get hurt. I think people don't understand how good Grant Hill was at a uh, early on in his career. Uh, Detroit Pistons, Grant Hill. Um, if you go back and look at old footage, no one could do nothing with him. He was busting Pip's ass. He was busting Jordan's ass. He was busting anyone who stood in front of him's ass from a, from a, from a points uh, standpoint. But also triple doubles. He was knocking down triple doubles. I mean, to me, he was a more athletic. I'm not going to say the same level passer, but just a more athletic Magic Johnson as far as he can get numbers across the board. But he was much more athletic. Uh, Brandon Roy was a fucking monster, though. You know, I wish we could have got a chance to see how good he could have been because he had the whole package completely played under control. You could never rush him. He was strong on the block, can shoot the ball, was clutch. Um, unfortunate that we didn't really get to see any of these guys really, really, really tap into their full potential bar doing it, uh, bar, uh, because of injury. Yeah, I um, I love playing against Brandon Roy. He was one of my favorite guys to play against. But Grant Hill would definitely been – Top five, top ten, and people that got hurt. And he's somebody right. I patterned my game after. He's somebody that I idolized. Him and Scottie Pippen, the two guys I tried to pattern my game after. But Grant Hill was unbelievable. And if you guys don't understand what I'm saying, go look back at tape. Grant Hill could definitely – could if he, if he didn't get hurt, he was going to be top ten mm -hmm. best player of all time. No question. No question. No question. And he's a great dude on top of that. Rarely oh, do that's you my a brother. that's so cold out there, but Grant is a great – He's a, as J.J. Reddick would say, he's a hell of a human being too. So shout out to Grant. Definitely yes, shout out to Brandon is. Roy. We got to get both of them on the podcast one day. Next question from Miss J underscore S. Should the NBA take out fan voting in All-Star or should fans only be allowed to vote for players who meet All-Star criteria? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, me, I was always one of those guys who felt like, you know, you got people voting for their for, uh, best players or their, or, their, or their favorite player to make the All-Star game, and they don't even know nothing about basketball. They're just somebody they like. That guy might not even be that good or deserve to start. So those type of things used to bother me. I think uh, the players should have a lot of input, but involving the fans some kind of way too. I think the fans should be involved, but they shouldn't have that much of a vote because a lot of times guys – like myself, get X'd out by somebody who's just a fan favorite and really ain't that good. I think what she said could be the key. You know what I mean? Obviously, we want to keep fan participation going, but it, the fans should only be able to vote for people who are in an all-star 
like the all-star circle. Maybe the NBA right. picks, hey, the, these 30 guys or 40 guys are the guys you can pick from because, you know, you'll get a lot of guys, like you said, that are just popular, um, sometimes foreign players that will get a ton of votes, but they're not all-stars. They know they're not right. all-stars. You know what I mean? So I think Jay, uh, Ms. J might be onto something. You know, if the NBA is able to just – have a pot of players that the fans can vote because I, I definitely think the fan vote keeps them engaged and they do appreciate because some of the uh, fans take it very seriously. Um, but it should be a certain amount of pot. Uh, you know, there should be certain players in the pot you can vote for. So guys that aren't all stars don't take away from guys votes from guys that are possibly able to make the all star team. What's up? I'm John Wall and I'm CJ Toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Next fan question. Andy, 41, Saya. Who in today's NBA or sports in general do you think has the potential to change our impact culture like Allen Iverson has slash did. Mm, mm. What player? Young player? I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone because AI was obviously one of a kind, cut from a different cloth. And I don't really see – and I think because of AI, it'll be it, – it's going to be hard to really shift and change culture like the way he did because you got to think AI was first with the tat- – really first to really rock a bunch of tattoos – uh, the dress code changed because of AI. So many different things happened because of AI. So now all those walls are broken down. So I don't know if anyone else, it would have to be a wild motherfucker to come in and really change culture the way AI did. You can't really compare him to AI, but if I had to say one person who's changed the culture and our culture like AI, the closest person I can say is Stephen Curry. He's changed the game. He changed the way these kids mm-hmm. play the game. He changed the way they dress playing the game. He changed. He's changed yeah. a lot of stuff. If anybody changed... 
anything in our culture or even close to what AI did is Stephen Curry. Yeah. Oh, I think the culture of basketball, absolutely. There's no question, Steph. But I think I, 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 my stuff as far as changing culture was uh, off the court. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as how many walls and, and, and things he broke down. But as far as changing the basketball game, I don't. I think Steph changed it more than AI, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Steph, and I can tell you, like, it, it trickles all the way down. Like, I'm, you know, I coach my kids now. When I go to these tournaments, kids don't warm up in the paint no more these kids warm up shooting 30 foot threes where they're throwing their whole body into it and shit i'm like yo how about i even told isaiah that shit yesterday we had an early game in arizona isaiah isaiah is shooting from like the out of bounds line i'm like isaiah bring your little ass in here and start with some form shooting get you know what i mean but that's the influence that steph and, and, and clay have had on basketball as a whole so i completely agree basketball steph hands down but culture overall i don't think there will be another person nah. that, that affects culture the way ai did J win three. Can we get some more of Stack Franklin Saint impressions? Ooh. Oh man, oh man, it's, it's it's a new season, Matt. So I got I got I got to I got to give. Him... Yeah, go I got I got to I got to go in my bag. I don't I don't think I have nothing yet because the season is still new from the new season, man. I can't really think of a, uh, and it was good too. It had me on the edge of my seat, but uh, so you so you owe us. You 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 gonna do this? But it, you just got to study the, study the tape a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I got I got I got to study the tape from the, from the new one, but uh but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have something for all y'all one. <laughs> See, I'm the kind of person like it kills me every week not to watch this and All American cuz I love both those shows, but I like to binge watch. So I want to wait until they're either on Netflix or Hulu light me a couple of joints and just binge watch the whole day. So I'm totally out of the loop. I try not to listen. I try not to hear whenever people are talking about Snowfall or All American. So you got that, uh, Jay Wynn. Jack has you on a saint, uh, a saint impersonation. He just has to study tape a little bit better, a little bit more. Drive, motherfucker! Zach Levine drops March 4th. Uh, we had a nice little conversation with him the other day, Jack. Uh, first time All-Star, my light-skinned UCLA brother. Good, mm -hmm. good little conversation we had. Yeah, I was happy to have him on the show. Everybody been asking for him. It was good to get on the show and pick his brain, man. I'm happy you're All-Star now. No doubt. You guys enjoy this little clip. First time All-Star, long overdue, but first time All-Star, Zach Levine, man. Welcome My to the dogs. show, bro. My dogs. What up with y'all, man? I appreciate it, man. I've been wanting to come on here. You're notorious for how hard you work. Gratifying to finally make your first All-Star game. You've been to All-Star Weekend. You've won two dunk contests, but to go to the actually play in the game, how does that make you feel? It feels good, man. You know, to get the recognition, especially you put in the work over the last couple of years. You know, when you when you finally break through, it feels good. So, you know, I'm happy. I most likely, you know, I mean, uh, I'm happy for my family. The, the 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 reaction I got from them, and you know, obviously how you know you guys and you know your peers interact and let you know, you know that that you broke through. It feels good. Obviously, we felt it. You felt it. Um, you know, you've been playing at this level for you know at least you know two or three years now. What do you think changed this season and got you over the hump? You know, I always credit everything to hard work. And, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, I feel like I've been playing at this level. But, to, uh, you know, to finally break through, we're in the playoff picture. And, you know, to see the growth I've had over these last couple of years has been big, man. So it's, uh, it's gratifying. The main thing was my mentality, you know, going out there and trying to do whatever it took to, you know, just to get the wins. You know, if that was, you know, assist one night going out there, trying to bust my ass on defense, or if I got to take over, try to go get 30, 40, you know, whatever it is, just, you know, try to get, try get that team in a win column. And, you know, I feel like I did a good job of, uh, you know, locking in each game for that. Closing out the show, we're going to do our quick hitters real fast. Jack, despite how bad 
the Washington Wizards started, they're only three games out of the eighth and two games out of the tenth uh, spot for the play-in tournament. Uh, seven and two in their last nine. Brad Beal is at 33 points a game, 52% from the field. Russ is averaging a triple-double. Bertans is shooting 51% from the three-point line. Um, are they a playoff team? Uh, I think so. I think um, the Bad News Bears are a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> uh, but, right, but I mean, finally, Russ is starting to settle down, and everybody's starting to pick their level up of play to meet Bill's play. Bill started off on fire. He's still on fire. Mm. And everybody else is just catching up to him. Even 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 Burton's is starting to knock down shots and, and step up and mm. play well, shooting over 50% with eight shots a game. So eight three eight three point attempts a game. So um uh I like him. I mean I I I think they can do it. As long as Bill continue to stay on fire, Russ continue to get them triple doubles, they definitely can make the playoffs in the East. This team has taken a lot of heat. Um, you know, I've talked about it. Um you know, and I think we we forgot that, that that Russ is new, and Russ is someone that you definitely have to get used to. Russ, and then on the flip side, Russ had to get used to Brad. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, they've been hot of late. It's good to see playoff team. I, I definitely think they're a playoff team, but I don't really think they're a, a team that's going to make noise in the playoffs. But I think their no. goal, probably on this first year, is is to get there. But you know, with 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 a dog like Russ and and someone like Bradley Beal, it it, it definitely won't be an easy out. Um, like I said, we, we're not saying they're going to make a lot of noise, but you know they're going to they're, they're going to fight, and um, you know that's one thing Scott Brooks has his team doing is fighting right now, and you know you love to see it because you know you hate to see you know Russ has been great for so long, you hate to kind of see the backside of his career start happening like this. Bradley Beal is really coming into his own as one of the best two way, if not you know one of the best two way players in the game. Um, so you want to see him do well, and there's always a lot of talks about where he's going, but he's remained loyal staying he's good where he's at he wants to continue to build and and things are starting to turn around so i'm happy for those guys also the three-point contest will be taking place um thus far to, to to my knowledge uh dame is the only one that has put his hat in the bowl uh to shoot uh we're hearing jason tatum jack who would be your ideal six shooters to shoot in the three-point contest i'll go steph curry i'll go dame lillard i'll go to kevin durant I go Devin Booker. Ooh. Uh, I go Clay Thompson. Well, Clay's hurt. Oh, Clay's hurt. Okay, uh, Devin Booker. And actually, uh, KD's hurt. So let me. I'm, I'm gonna take two off your list. So so far, you got saw, De- Dev, Steph, and Dame so far. Dev, Steph, and Dame. I'll go uh, Seth Curry too. Seth, family. JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. And I need one more, right? I'm gonna throw one in there for you, Joe Ingles. Nah, he wouldn't make he he would not make my he would not make my my. I'm gonna fucking shoot the ball, bro. Man, I can shoot just my shit just as slow as his. That is it. It's all that matters. (laughs) Gotta go in. (laughs) Hey, you know what though? Nah, hey, you know what? I ain't gonna lie. I add PG the way he's shooting that three ball. I add Paul George. Shoot out there. I'm not mad at that. Jack, should the NBA expand the All Star roster? Right now, no. it currently sits at 12. No, no. They didn't expand it when I had a chance to get in and leave that <laughs> motherfucker where it is. I'm you better. Know, every year, I feel like – and every year, I feel like there's going to be snubs because there's only 24 spots, and there's obviously many, much more than you know 24 all-stars in this league. So every year, people are going to be getting snubbed. But to me, I don't think you expand the roster because – 
what is the point of making the all-star team and not playing? You know what I mean? I, I think that would kind of right. be embarrassing because how the fuck can a coach play 14 players? That shit is tough. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, 12 is a good number. Um, there's always going to be snubs. It's unfortunate. Some guys like Mike Conley may never get mm-hmm. that nod where he's played in an all-star level before. You never got that nod. I think that has a lot to do with the trouble you uh, yeah. got in with, 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 <laughs> with, the, with the malice at the palace, but you never got that nod. So there's always going to be guys, you know, that played at a high level. Jamal Crawford, you know, never got the mm, nod, and he had some man. all-star years. So it's always going to be guys – uh, that gets snubbed. That's just unfortunate. Um, but there's definitely a lot more than only 24 All Stars in the league. It's just you got to be in that top 24 slot, I guess. Last but not least, uh, re- closing out quick hitter. Something I found interesting: Jack Buddy Heald, fastest in NBA history to reach a thousand three pointers. Only took him 350 games. Took Steph 369 games in second place. Uh, thoughts on that accomplishment? That's a big accomplishment for him. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Buddy Hill for shooting that thing, shooting the lights out. He came in the game shooting it. But I guarantee you it wouldn't have been that quick if he had Clay on his team as well. Uh, Ooh. (laughs) You got to forget. And then KD, think about the the three-year run with KD. Oh, actually, no, that was earlier. Yeah. That was earlier, so that didn't count. But no, with Clay, with someone that could shoot it just as good on his side, that's a great point. Great point. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely shout out Buddy Hill. Holds that record, 350 games, uh, 1,000 threes. But I think that's going to be broken, too, because of what we said earlier. Steph has changed this game. So every yep. young kid from here on out coming in is going to come in with the ultra green light. And if you're one of these special players that can really shoot, you're definitely going to be able to get your attempts up. So congrats to Buddy. But I don't know how long this record will stand. Let it ride! In closing, uh, something happened last week that, that, that really pissed me off, Jack. Uh, I saw you commented on social media. Uh, the soccer star, Latan, I won't even attempt to butcher his last name, said that LeBron needs to stick to what he's good at and leave everything else alone. And it's just crazy to me that although this guy's a great soccer player, he's still this fucking ignorant to issues that go on in our community and how important LeBron has been on opening up not only his platform, but his way of looking at it and speaking makes it easier easier for people like you and I to speak. Although we never really gave a fuck, we wasn't going to speak regardless. But what I mean, like when you're not a superstar, you can still speak because the superstar is opening that door for you. You know, Braun responded with, you know, he'll, he'll never shut up about things. And, and he also preached on how educated he is on stuff because he definitely does educate. But, you know, a few things he's done uh, more than a vote which help organize, you know, voters, the promise school, which is changing generational uh, opportunity. And again, like I said, for this guy to come over and, and say some crazy shit like this, I know how you reacted. I saw your, uh, your comment, but uh, what are your thoughts on this? First off, man, it's too many people that are trying to be God to tell people what to do, tell them what they can't say. You're like, like you're not God. There's only one God. And then second, you're not messy. Kings don't argue with peasants, okay? If Messi was talking, we'll be listening to them, but kings don't argue with peasants. Bro, I think I think it's best for him to just stay in his lane and let LeBron do what he do. You're not in this fight. You're, you, you probably don't even understand the plight of what we're talking about or what we're standing up for. So it's best that you do what you do, and if you decide not to speak on these things, then that's what you right. choose to do. That's but you're you not God, and you have no right yeah. to tell the next man what to say or what not to say. Yeah. If you want to be a coward... Uh, and not utilize your huge platform because this dude is a big deal. Um, but if you want to be a coward and not utilize that, that your platform, that's that's on you. But for uh, another person who's not black to tell a black 
superstar. He shouldn't do this. He shouldn't do that for his people is fucking insane to me because if you're not black, you'll never understand the things that this, that our culture has gone through from the beginning. You know what I mean? And, and, and they'll, and you'll never understand, but I think now more than ever in 2021, that's what we're asking others to do is, is try to put yourself in the, in the shoes of an African-American person sometimes and, and kind of understand and, and to see still daily people being killed by cops and, 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 and black people killing other black. It's just rough, you know, uh, on every single level, there's an obstacle, um, for the African-American community. Um, so again, for, 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 a, a non African-American to tell LeBron James what he should be doing, he needs to get the shit slapped out of him, but that's another story. But I, but I, I heard, I heard, I heard that he, he's an MMA fighter as well. If you're looking for somebody to pick on, try Bones Jones. Leave oh, LeBron alone. MMA? Yeah, he fights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go get some of yeah, Bones Jones to take care of that for you. No, but at the end of the day, like I said, I think, I think, you know, to be honest, Jack, hopefully we can learn from this, you know, because at the end of the day, that's all we want. We want to be able to learn from situations like this. I hope he kind of realized what he said and and, and kind of backtracked and, and thought about it. Because like I said, you know, LeBron is a great basketball player, yes, but we're so much more than athletes out here. And, and, and it, it sounds redundant, but I mean, we're pillars of our community. We're fathers, we're business owners. You know, this guy's opening up schools, giving people opportunities to vote. Like, how can he not use his platform for the greater good? And he's been doing that. So for another star to knock him, and it's an international star on top of it, it's ridiculous to me. What's Burning is available every Monday on Showtime Basketball YouTube. And also on Twitter at Show Basketball. See y'all next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.